0: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Killer Hangover. My name is Beth and I'm Bettina. And this week we are going to be covering true crime and paranormal stories from the state of Georgia. Yes, mama is covering the paranormal stories. So, she was in charge of beverages. I can see what you've made here. I'm not very surprised, but I'm not quite sure how it ties into Georgia. What is it, Mom? Well, I made for us a mimosa. Yes. Um, well, be honest. It's sparkling with a splash <laughs> of orange juice. Maybe. Maybe even <laughs> not a splash, it's like a dribble.
1: If you guys haven't caught on yet, uh, sparkling is my favorite. So, so any excuse <laughs> to make any a drink with it. Sparkling. <laughs> as soon as I saw Mimosa, I said, oh, yeah, I'm not looking any further. <laughs> Somehow people in Georgia
0: love them. So we got to make no, them. it.
1: No, it came up as one of the drinks that people enjoy in Georgia. Okay. So I I didn't even research past that. <laughs>
0: She saw what she wanted and took it. (laughs) So, to our mimosas, to Mother's Day. Yes, and cheers. Mom's birthday was a couple days ago as well. So, happy birthday, Mom. Thank you, sweetheart. Cheers. (laughs) Okay. Listeners, I have
1: to be honest here. We got more in our mugs than we did in a flute of champagne. (laughs) So... (laughs) That clunk you just heard (laughs) was the mimosas in our mugs. Okay. Okay. Don't judge.
0: (laughs) Quit calling them mimosas. It's basically just (laughs) sparkling. All right. So we can see states of where our podcast is listened to. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure that we did stories from the states with the highest stats. So the winner, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) But seriously, one state that has a bunch of listeners is Georgia. Thank and you. And like we mentioned, Mother's Day being yesterday, I thought it was a little fitting to do this true crime story in particular. So thank you, Georgia, for all your ears. Yes, thanks. <laughs> this is the story of Gina Span and the Mother's Day murder. Gina, Gina, Gina. Gina no, that's was a Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Oh, mom, let me tell my story. <sighs> oh, my gosh, she's rolling her face at me. <laughs> Ugh, mother. Okay, so Gina was a very lively and vivacious 23-year-old when she met Kevin Spann. It was 1989, and Gina had a bit of a reputation. She was a partier. She had a four-year-old son from a previous marriage. But that didn't hold her back from her bouncing around from boyfriend to boyfriend nice when she met kevin she locked in on him he was a military man much different than all of the dumb boys she was dating at the time he had a career he had potential of providing a better life for her he had stability he had benefits hmm. they started dating And Kevin falls in love with Gina's son, Stephen, especially. Mm -hmm. They become very close. And Kevin really looks at Stephen, looks at him more like a son than anything. He really cared for the boy. They become a family, if that's what you want to call it. Kevin loved Gina so much. I really felt awful for him. I really think that was his biggest fault. Gina and Stephen move in with Kevin shortly after the two start dating. Kevin believed he was living the American dream. Beautiful woman, a great son. Then it gets even better for him when Gina tells him she's pregnant. Oh, geez. Kevin just dotes on Gina. A few weeks later, Gina comes crying to Kevin and tells him that she has had a miscarriage. Kevin drops everything to comfort his girlfriend. They are both just so devastated. One day while Gina is out, Kevin decides he should probably call Gina's family and inform them of their loss. When on the phone with her family, they were so surprised. Not that she had lost the baby, they didn't even know. But he learns some very interesting news. A few years ago, Gina had had a surgery, she had had her tubes tied.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: There was no way she could have even been pregnant.
1: Oh, the witch.
0: It had all been some weird, like, fantasy of hers. Kevin confronts Gina when she gets back home, and she grudgingly admits to the lie. She had liked all the extra attention. He was giving her everything she craved and wanted. After a lot of begging and persuading, Kevin forgave Gina. The two got married a few months later. And followed military duties and were stationed in Texas. Stephen, Kevin, and Gina tried their best to get back to their family dynamic, mm-hmm. but old habits die hard, and Gina's partying ways couldn't stay hidden for long. Being married was just—it was too plain for her. She was, it was just drag. bored. Yep. She started secretly sleeping with another military man. He was much, much younger, and. When I said when Gordon was deployed to Kuwait, but who's Gordon? <laughs> <Kevin>? George <laughs> <Is> The <it> Kevin. <laughs> yes. When Kevin was deployed to Kuwait for Desert Storm, Gina didn't want to be alone in Texas. So she and Steven moved back to Illinois and her partying and sleeping around continued. Of
1: course.
0: But military circles are very close knit. So, eventually, Kevin did find out about the affairs. And, again, he just forgives her. And he gets stationed in Fort Gordon, Georgia. There's where Gordon comes in. Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He believes this will be the beginning of a fresh start for the family. Oh, that man is just optimistic. Oh, gosh. Kevin's new job had him working very long hours and... Keeping in mind what happens in the in his absence, he suggests Gina gets a part-time job to keep herself busy. Stephen's in school, so she should do something, mm-hmm. right? He just suggests it. So she gets a job at Taco Bell and becomes really popular with the teenagers working there. As Stephen gets older, he's about 12, almost 12 now. He and Kevin get closer and closer, especially when Gina's partying ways start making their way into their family home. Wait, so uh, he
1: was only four when they met. Wow, so they really stayed together a while. Yeah,
0: he really, yeah. Wow, okay. And at this point, I think it's just, I really think he stuck around this long for Steven. Mm -hmm. I really do. And Gina just is using Kevin for... A lifestyle and so anyway things start getting crazy kevin would come home from work in the early morning hours because like i said his hours were very long Mm -hmm. and he would just step over teenagers passed out bodies in his living room are you kidding things started getting even crazier when gina starts a relationship with somebody else not even hiding it right under her husband's nose Larry Kelly. He is a high school junior.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And over time, it gets even better. She actually moves Larry into their house. Oh, okay. Kevin, grow some balls. Not even oh, into their oh. house, but into the master bedroom with her. Kevin sleeps in one of the small home's back rooms. What is up with this dude? I don't know. It doesn't... This, th- so... I'm going to say there's not even a Wikipedia page on this. Like it's this is a very small case. It just was very intriguing to me. So there really isn't a ton on there. But like I said, I really think he was sticking around for Stephen. Just some kind of parental guidance structure for this kid. Because he loved him He loved this kid. So then in the spring of 1997, Kevin had had enough. He tells Gina he's filing for divorce. Gina believes the same pattern of begging forgiveness and I'm going to get my is way gonna work. is going to work. And she just begs and begs. And eventually Kevin agrees to giving her a little bit of time to figure things out. Like he's not just going to kick her out and he's, act, you know, he's too kind hearted. So one summer evening, Kevin gets a knock at his front door. He's the only one home. So he goes to the door. When he opens the door, he is instantly shot twice. Oh, Once in the chest and once in the face. He dies instantly.
1: Heaven. Jeez.
0: 1045 police get a call from Gina. She is calling from the neighbor's house. She reports that her husband had been shot and is lying on the living room floor by the front door. Police arrived and around 11 o'clock that evening, May 11th, 1997, Mother's Day, Kevin is announced deceased. Having to interview those that lived in the home, Gina and her boyfriend, Larry, were brought into questioning. Yeah. Larry instantly gives police all the details. Right away. Kevin Spann was shot and killed by 16-year-old Matthew Piazzi and 18-year-old Gerald Horn, friends of Larry's. They were promised by Gina $5,000 after money from Kevin's life insurance was paid to her. Ugh. Sixteen-year-old Christopher Bargeron, Bargeron, B-A-R-G-E-R-O-N, took part and was like backup plan, like he was there too. Gina and Larry had taken twelve-year-old Stephen out in the car and drove around while the murder was taking place. At least she had that decency to not have her kid witness it.
1: Well, she didn't want her kid turning on her. Uh,
0: well. Gina Spann had used, quote, acid, alcohol, and marijuana, according to Michael Kelly, Larry's older brother. A quote I found from the Augusta Chronicles. And I'm sure she drugged them up and used her ways of sex. A literal deadly cougar. (laughs) Oh, The teenagers are serving sentences of life in prison. Originally Larry was to get the death penalty, but Gina her with her plea bargain that they reached, she had that changed and they all got life in prison. Jeez,
1: oh, Louise. How old is she at this point? She's 30 She was something.
0: 31. Jeez, Louise. Dating the 17-year-old. What the heck? So, I saw in a couple resources too that she like actually was, you know, sneaking around having an affair with um another serviceman like a younger serviceman Mm -hmm. and she I think she was kind of had this plan all along of killing Kevin because she started like turning their sexcapades to like dark and would talk about oh I'm gonna go get a gun like and things like that and so Mm -hmm. she and he got freaked out he was like why are you all of a sudden getting so violent and talking about this all the time so she just had to find a somebody that she could manipulate i mean she's been a manipulator her entire life basically it seems but now she had to find somebody that she could really have control over and unfortunately the teenager was a kid yeah oh man so because of gina's selfishness and greed that woman ruined not only those teenagers lives but her sons yeah steven not to mention taking kevin's life a sick sick manipulative woman so there is a book written on this it's called the mother's day murder it's by wensley clarkson and then there was i watched the um on youtube like id discovery I had like a little episode on it too mm-hmm. like deadly cougars and creepy sick sick woman oh do you know what ever happened to Stephen? i don't I don't like I said there really was not a lot on this I God, read um, poor kid. I got my hands on a lot of newspaper articles about the situation and it was all just driven for the life insurance and I know that they found that Kevin actually had a daughter that he didn't know about oh and I think she ended up getting the life insurance money not Steven no because he was her Gina's do- son
1: oh he never adopted
0: them. No, he never adopted him. So, shoot, you know, Gina wasn't going to get it because she obviously got tried in, in the mm-hmm. state of Georgia. If you get tried for that, then you can't get the right. life insurance right. money. And then any descendants of yours can't get it either. And so the next available was this daughter that didn't even know him. Wow. not crazy? Oh, that's a sad story. I know. Sorry. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> she is whacked out. She oh, is. She's getting...
1: I feel terrible for those teenagers.
0: Like, I mean, like what I read about them, they weren't exactly down the right paths anyway. Well, they couldn't have been. But at the same time, I just feel terrible because everybody has a chance at life that they can turn themselves around when they get older and mature. And she didn't even let them have that chance. She just was too greedy. Money spoke to them, too. Yep, sure did. All right, Mom, lighten it up, lighten it up, lighten it up. (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk some ghosts. Oh gosh, you laugh. <laughs> I am going to lighten it up,
1: but not initially, <laughs> because Great. I'm going to give you history, which I know you really like. I love. This is during the Revolutionary War. Okay. So not really. I know you like the Civil War, but yes. Anyway, uh, we're gonna start at the very beginning of Augusta, Georgia. Okay. It was established in 1736. And it was named after Princess Augusta, wife of Prince of Wales. Mm -hmm. So I did learn some of this stuff.
0: Yeah. It was the first... Every time you guys learn something new, take a drink. (laughs) The drinking game of Killer Hangover. (laughs) It was
1: the first inland city founded in the Georgia colony. Augusta was, for a short time, actually the capital of Georgia. After Savannah fell during the Revolutionary War, the American Revolution. But then Augusta also fell to the British, who held control of the city for one year, (laughs) 1780 to 81. But these are the atrocities that happened during that time. A very wealthy Englishman, his name was Thomas Brown, was put in charge of the Augusta region. Anti British sympathy had begun to flame in the area. As an example to other loyalists, Brown was captured, tarred, and feathered, which oh my gosh. I read was a horrific thing. Well, isn't it
0: like just it's hot tar, yeah. right?
1: And then feathers on top of that.
0: But I mean, what does the feathers really do besides embarrass you, right? Well, I think they stick to the tar too. Well, so I know that, but like, this doesn't hurt you. I mean, you're already burnt.
1: Well, yeah, this is a yeah probably the the humility, I guess, in it so this was a bad thing but don't feel too sorry for him <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> he escaped to south carolina and he returned to the city with troops in may of 1780 seeking reven- revenge sorry brown sought out augusta's patriot resistance taking all they had and sending them from the colonies others were arrested and put to death so he came back mad yeah In September of 1780, the commander of the Revolutionary Forces, Colonel Eli Clark, and his troops pushed... You were struggling over Clark? No, I was was making sure I read Eli right. Oh, okay. (laughs) Or it might have been Elijah. It could have been Elijah. (laughs) (laughs) It's Elijah. That's why we looked at it twice. Oh, God. And his troops pushed towards Mackay's trading post, also known as the White House. So this is important. Mm-hmm. Which sat on the edge of the of Augusta near the Savannah River. The Americans set siege to the trading post and surrounded the area. This would last for four days. Finally, the Americans had to retreat, having lost 60 soldiers. The following is something taken from Charles C. Jones Jr.'s 1890 Memorial, History of Augusta, Georgia. So I'm going to quote this. But it describes what happened to the American prisoners. Okay. Thus did Captain Aspie. Officer noted for his bravery and humanity. And 28 soldiers fell into the hands of the enemies. So they fell into the hands of the British. He and 12 of the wounded prisoners were forthwith hung upon the staircase of the White House where Brown was lying wounded that he might enjoy the demonical pleasure of gloating over their expiring agonies. Oh my gosh. See what I mean? He's a bad guy. Sick. Their bodies were then delivered to the Indians who after sculpting and mutilating them threw them into the river this included the two glass Sculpting? brothers
0: you mean scalping
1: yeah they <laughs> sculpt them
0: scalped them now move his arm a little bit we're going to sculpt <laughs> this statue real quick hold on no let's go really dark they scalped them okay
1: <laughs> this included say. the two glass brothers who were only 17 and 15. Mm. their fate however was mild when in contrast with that reserved for the other prisoners who were delivered directly into the hands of the Indians. This event was noted in the letter by Governor Wright to King George III. This is the quote from Governor Wright. Thirteen of the prisoners who broke their paroles and came against Augusta have been hanged, which I hope will have a very good effect. Wyndham notes that the number 13 represents each of the rebellious 13 colonies.
0: Mm -hmm. I was actually going to ask that.
1: So, in May 1781, the American troops returned and this time were able to gain control of Augusta. Yes. Now we move to 1946. Okay. When the rich Let's fast forward a little. <laughs> a little <laughs> when the Richmond <laughs> County Historical Sci- Society purchased an 18th century house, which they believed to be the Mackey Trading Post. Okay. Otherwise known as the White House the White where house. all this yes. happened. Yes. Unfortunately, it seems that the architectural historians and archaeologists may have skewed the records to lend credence to the belief that this was that house.
0: Mm, So it may not be.
1: Why do I say unfortunately? Because of a quote made by Mary Mackay, mother-in-law to the Mackay Trading Post owner. I've never seen such destruction, she said, after the British had come in. Meaning... The house they was had to not
0: probably tear down. Yes, yeah.
1: but the house that the historical society purchased was not damaged.
0: Mm.
1: Bells ringing. Liars. <laughs> the state of Georgia conducted a study. It was confirmed that the house was probably built two decades later, uh huh, around 1797, and was not the Mackay Trading Post.
0: Liar! Liar! <laughs> Come on, you know the Princess movie. Bride. Yes, she got it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It was
1: renamed the Ezekiel Harris House. Why? After its first owner.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ezekiel (laughs) Harris. You called him Elijah for so
1: long. (laughs) (laughs) Elijah has nothing to do with this. He was a tobacco grower who probably built the house. Okay. Oddly enough, the house may never have been bought and restored had it not been for the trading post and the horrible events in the American Revolution. Well, see, oh,
0: silver lining. It I is, guess. however,
1: been called the finest 18th century house in Georgia. Oh, wow! So, and it is a wonderful example of Federal style architecture. When tobacco was the main crop of the region, and I think you and I spoke about the tobacco industry yesterday. So that kind of we did, <laughs> did.
0: We talked about the tobacco industry? <laughs> yes. Please <laughs> refresh my mind here because I don't remember having any conversations with you about tobacco. I don't know anything about tobacco. Oh, that was my question.
1: <laughs> Wrong kid, mom. But right time. I did talk to him about it yesterday.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> Ooh. Um. Okay.
1: <laughs> I was like, what
0: are you talking about?
1: So, why are there reports of ghosts if this was not the Mackay trading post?
0: Yeah, why are we talking about this then?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But there are reports of ghosts. Oh. And it seems that the actual trading post was probably located around where the Ezekiel Harris house is right now. Oh. So, perhaps the ghosts have moved to the house. I don't know. Why wouldn't you? We're coming in. It was a really good house.
0: (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) We're coming in.
1: (laughs) Whatever the reasons, there are definite accounts of paranormal activity as well as sightings. Visitors have reported creaking sounds like someone swinging from a taut rope.
0: Oh, gosh. That's what horror movies are made of.
1: There have been moans and cries heard, and this all is around the staircase.
0: So, who lives there now? No one lives there. It's a historical, it's just it's historical? A museum. Oh, okay. What do they keep there? Like, do they do tours and stuff?
1: Yeah, they do tours.
0: So they just keep stuff from, like, the time period mm-hmm. and everything? Mm-hmm.
1: So, but the the um taut rope sounds and the moaning and stuff all happen around the staircase, where in the other house they would have hung the soldiers.
0: Right. Well, you got to think, too, if he was a tobacco farmer, I'm sure he had slaves. hmm
1: well, one account actually says, and I didn't see this anywhere else, says that they had seen an African-American woman right. um, as an apparition, but I didn't see that anywhere else. So. Okay, I don't know. And another thing that has happened several times, and I and this creeps me out the most <laughs> some visitors have <laughs> Some visitors <laughs> have said that they have felt a tight feeling around their throat, almost as if a rope is being tightened.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: that would totally freak me so out. So
0: my question: Do you think though that people do they advertise that this was still the house, or do they like set make sure that people know that this isn't that house? Well, they renamed it the Ezekiel Harris House, so it
1: has it has no. If you didn't know about the history of the McKay, but do you trading think that Post, people do
0: know about that history though, and so they come? thinking that that's where it happened and then they just kind of like oh all of a sudden I feel like I got a roper on my neck because <laughs> I know what you're saying but for, I don't I'm
1: not getting the words out correctly <laughs> I don't think that they're advertising it as such and okay. so unless somebody thinks but I mean it's somebody thinks <laughs> they're not advertising it as that at all okay there have been sightings of soldiers sitting on the steps, or a soldier, I'm sorry, sitting on the steps.
0: Mom, you just had this really cool vision of multiple soldiers just next to that. Smoking, just one, the, smoking just tobacco one. and sitting on
1: the steps. <laughs> then there's a woman who has been seen by several visitors. She wanders on the second floor wringing her hands. It has been speculated that she could be either Mrs. Glass the mother of the two boys that were hung looking for her sons. Or it could be Mrs. Harris, who is reported to have died after a horrible bout with breast cancer.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: After researching the history of the area where the house sits and reading the vivid descriptions of what happened to the American soldiers, I can't but think that there must be some residual heaviness in the house. Oh, absolutely. Even if it didn't happen in the house, but around that area. Those kinds of atrocities must leave a horrible, lingering negative effect. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had never really, well, I've never read that much about the American Revolution except for the things that were taught in school. So I didn't know about Savannah or Augusta or Atlanta. So drink
0: up. Drink. We learned a lot in this episode.
1: But I thought that the history really lent itself to. That's why I put so much history in here because it really lent itself. And the British were just terrible. I mean, I didn't realize. (laughs) I really didn't. I have always heard the Indians were, but um, with the scalping, not the sculpting. (laughs) (laughs) But they were like in. I don't know. Like they had joined forces almost with the British and
0: like the Native Americans. Though that's the thing, though, is that was their tradition. Like they didn't have the guns that was like... For their, the warring yeah, part of it. for scalping and all that. Like that represented something to them.
1: A war is a war. A war is
0: a war, exactly. Which is
1: horrible in itself. So
0: there you go. No, there's like a ton of haunted places in the South, but especially like in Georgia... And like Savannah, I know they have like a ton of haunted places, Mm -hmm. especially from like the history of our our country and everything like and I'm happy you picked this one because I had not heard this one. Oh, good. And as you learn something new, you're supposed to drink. So I'm happy you picked this one. (laughs) (laughs) But like I I remember I don't know. I don't remember when I went, um, but I do remember hearing this like creepy story about this woman who was sentenced to hang because they blamed her master's murder on her. Okay, And she was pregnant at the time. And so they had to wait until she gave birth to her baby. Mm -hmm. Shortly after giving birth to her baby, they ended up hanging her. And then shortly after she died, her baby died. (laughs) And then it said that, like, her ghost is haunting pregnant women and mothers and like infants and stuff and I remember them telling us that in Savannah there was like a shortage of Spanish moss in the square that we were in and I don't know exactly what area it was I'm sorry but and they said that folklore said that Spanish moss would not grow where innocent blood had been shed oh interesting and her ghost is supposedly haunts like like, pregnant women and stuff there I just remember that story it really stuck with me yeah, cuz there's quite a few haunted squares. Yeah, in it was a haunted square. It was across. in Savannah and I I just remember that story really sticking with me. It was just really eerie, especially then when they told us about the Spanish mass. I was like, that's really sad. I kind of remember reading
1: uh, doing research on this. I of course came across a lot of different interesting ones and I think I actually read that one too because that rings a bell. It happened in yeah. the square and yeah. that's where they hanged her was right there in this and it was her
0: and like another servant that worked in the home or something right is a man supposedly hung that supposedly poisoned or Mm -hmm. strangled or killed their master or something Mm -hmm. because he was abusing them I think, yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember the full story. I just remember yeah, that. I remember reading about that. She was like, I am innocent. I am innocent. And then they had to wait till she gave birth to her baby, like two or three months, and she gave birth to her baby. And, and then they the baby her. died after that. And then that. the baby died, yeah. They probably didn't nurture it at all. So sad. Yeah, I
1: remember reading about that. And actually, I read about uh, quite a few things before uh, settling on the Ezekiel Harris house. Um, one of the interesting things that I came across that was so... I don't know, different, was <laughs> the um, Haunted Pillar in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. So it's just a 10-foot concrete pillar. Okay. That stands kind of on the corner on the historic Broad Street in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. And legend has it that anyone who dares knock it down
0: will die. Oh. so But what is this pillar? What was it? <laughs> it didn't randomly just... <laughs> turn up this random pillar just all pillar
1: it is what remains of a farmer's market oh okay that stood in on that corner in the 1800s oh okay so according to the legend there was a preacher who stood outside the farmer's market preaching the good word and he was asked several times to not do so oh um and then the final time when they were dragging him off, he said that there would be a huge wind that uh wipe away the market and only one pillar will stand as Ooh. they were dragging him away.
0: Creepy.
1: Shortly after that, there was a fluke winter storm and a tornado really? developed and it took the market except for one pillar. Oh, that's weird. Now, remember, this is just a legend, but it makes a good one. He also said that anyone who touched the pillar would die. If you just touched it.
0: Oh, that's... Yeah. Okay. So, so some, um, like, tourist is walking by and her sandal flips off. So, she, like, leans against this pillar really fast so she can pull on her sandal. And she just died. <laughs> because... <laughs> She, she tripped know and she fell better. and she hit her head. <laughs> Boom. Story over. Oh man, damn sandals.
1: So I I think it was removed, but it said touched. Oh, so wow. that's crazy. Um, anyway, if, it was a big tourist attraction after that, of course, and people would always stand by the pillar and get their pictures taken. But interesting, Making sure lo- that
0: that woman didn't lean against it as she walked by.
1: <laughs> interesting enough that any time that the pillar was attempted to be taken down and got rid of, there was always a death following. Oh, And this really? happened several times according to this legend I guess. Here's an update on the pillar though. Oh, oh gosh, what? <laughs> it's come to a sad end. <laughs> um, I thought it made it a great story until I saw in 2016 um, a car uh, that Got, I don't know, a drunk driver or whatever. Got away from the driver, <laughs> so a car got away from the driver. Okay, <laughs> he lost control of the car, got and it. in an accident, plowed into the pillar.
0: Oh gosh!
1: The pillar collapsed.
0: Well, did he live? I cannot
1: find anything on this guy.
0: Oh my gosh, that'd be so interesting. I cannot find
1: anything. The city of Augusta has always said that they would rebuild the pillar, <laughs> but. Because it's like there's a big, like no
0: point, though, but there's a
1: draw, you know. But now there's no point no, because the original, because it's a legend true over. or not. Like,
0: but the guy died, the s- then, like, oh, that's creepy, yeah.
1: Well, I can't imagine it's a concrete pillar. That was a big Weird. old, big old car. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's that's my story about the pillar. I just found it interesting because I've never read about a haunted huge object like that no, just weird. standing randomly just a random in the middle object. of a sidewalk <laughs> don't touch <laughs> it
0: that's, did it have like signs
1: yeah it had a historical sign on it the car took that too if you
0: touch this you will die
1: <laughs> well kind it had the i had the legend on oh, okay. it
0: okay
1: which included that
0: <laughs> warning <laughs> warning that's weird. And you know, there's like some drunk people. They're like, oh, oh, I dare you to touch it. Oh, you
1: know, you and I would touch it. You know, we would. I, don't I mean,
0: know. I would say that. And then I go over to it and be like, uh, it's a concrete <laughs> pillar.
1: Get in my own head.
0: No, it's scary. Oh. All right, friends. This was fun. Yeah. A few
1: extra tidbits there. Uh, Georgia. Which, if you do research a little bit on um, paranormal in Georgia, there are many, many sites. Yeah, So much, I'm sure.
0: All right. So, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 16. I hope you guys are having a great week. I will post pictures and everything on social media like I always do for this episode. You can find that on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, it's Killer Hangover Podcast. And Instagram, it's Killer Hangover. You can also email us and get in touch with us at KillerHangoverPodcast at gmail.com. For those mothers out
1: there, again, happy Mother's Day to you. A day late, but happy Mother's Day to you. Every day
0: should be Mother's Day. (laughs) I hope everybody is well and healthy and safe. And next week, we will be telling some stories from Illinois.
1: Illinois. All right.
0: Well, this was fun. Cheers, Mama. Love
1: you, kid.